Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports to the max is on the year. I know you all want me to talk about Minneapolis. I might do that in a little while, but I might, I'm going to talk baseball first because we're starting to feel like this is the time of year where you start to go, no, no, who's going to get this? And going to sign any more free agents, all that fun stuff. But we had a... A labor impasse right now. Terry Steinbach is a veteran of it. He's also been a shop steward in the union and sat in on these negotiations. So I thought, who better to talk about for an update on it? Terry, thank you for joining us. Hey, you're welcome, Maxie. Thanks for having me. Always good to visit with you. Now, now you've been through these negotiations, first of all. What's it like, uh, the, the, the line of communication from players uh, and, and your executive council and the players' union, etc.? How, how does that work that the players get the information? And are, are, are a lot of guys interested in the information, or do they just want to know when they play again? Yes and no. Um, we have half the players, when I was doing it, wanted to know the, the status of the negotiations and what's going on. And, of course, they all want to know, when are we going to spring training? But, you know, we obviously didn't know that. But the chain of command that we had is, you know, the we called the player reps. The player reps uh, kind of had the teams up and made sure that all the players were being um, uh, filled in on what the issues were so that we could um, stay united and stay educated on what was going on. And do guys argue it much, or is it pretty much, hey, you guys tell us what the best plan is and let's go with it? Yeah, what we like to do, and again, I can only speak for when I was yeah. there. You know, I, I, maybe things have changed now, but no, we wanted the players' input. I mean, uh, a strike or a lockout doesn't happen overnight, so I'm sure that the the, the union and player representatives they've probably been talking about this for a while. So there should be no surprise to the players that this, this happened, and I'm sure they've discussed uh, uh, different options, uh, different alternatives. Uh, goals that they want to try to, uh, you know, to try to get from the owners. Now, now, do you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the commissioner's personality makeup is and, and how hard a line he'll draw in the sand? Or, or or is it just more about, you know, you get the information to the right people and they go in a room and negotiate it? Pretty much. And and this is where I was frustrated, being a, you know, a small-time guy from New Alm, right? I'm sitting in New York City and, and I'm going to our uh, uh, uh union leader at the time don fear and say don well let's call him up let's let's get this thing going yeah. and don reassured me he says look he said uh people have dropped down dead deadline dates and he said until we get to a date and we don't know what that is we can guess what that date might be but until we get to that particular date nothing's going to happen meaning that um sadly that no one's ready to make a deal until let's say half the spring training games are gone you know and, yeah. and that's just an arbitrary 
ar- arbitrary figure there. But when when we get to that point, then let's say uh, some of the more high I- high influential owners might say, "Hey, let's get this thing done." And usually, when both sides enter the room seriously, it it, it doesn't take long to get done. Terry Steinbach is our guest, and of course, there's an impasse, labor impasse uh, uh, in baseball. That means that, Terry, there's going to be a whole lot of free agents that are still free agents sitting out there. Uh, when this ends, whenever it ends, does that become a frenzy? And, and how would you position yourself? Uh, you see, those are going to be pretty quick negotiations, aren't they, to, to try to lock up the good ones? That's a great question. And, and I just think about when we went through it one time, uh, you know, Ryan Shore for the White Sox was saying, hey, we can't do any big time deals. The minute that it was signed, I, I think they signed Albert Bell to like a four-year deal, and everybody was like, "Well, what the heck? I thought we weren't doing big-time deals, <laughs> you know?" So yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think uh, organizations want to win. I mean, bottom line, they want to get the players, they want to win, they want to get to that World Series, and so yeah, when this is finally um, over, when they finally say, "Okay, look out," because I think you know the the, the powerhouse teams that that have money, that have uh, uh, money to spend. They're going to go after these guys, and they're going to go after them hard to, to try to you know, build Oops. win in 2022 with. You know, Terry, obviously the Twins are going to need pitching. You, you lose Barrios. You lose Mahida to injury for the year. Uh, there's probably your top two, and, and, and here we go. You know, I mean, they, they got the Ryan kid that showed a little bit overall. Uh, it was, you know, hit and miss. Uh, if you're them, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to say that you got to break the vault here, but but you got to get some legitimate starters in there right away, don't you? Well, so, uh, observing what the Twins have done over the last four, five, six years, they can win their division and they can get to the playoffs. But when you start matching up our number one against, you know, the Yankees' number one or some of these other teams' number one, we don't get too far, you know. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, we have a, a good nucleus of, of, of other weapons out there, but we seem to be lacking that, that number one or number two guy. Now, as you mentioned, Mike, the question is, I mean, how big you want to br- uh, uh, break the bank open to, to try to get a, a prominent number one guy? Terry, when you're sitting there and you're a free agent, let's say, let's say you got a year left on your contract, are you rooting for every catcher that's a free agent to get as much money as they possibly can because that's all going to go into to, to the uh, uh, formula that you're going to use the next year? It does to a degree, Maxie. And again, when our era, they tried to lump you guys in with people of the same service time. So myself, Pete Suroff, Benito Santiago, uh, the, uh, Matt Noakes, our group, that's who I was always compared to. So if one of the four, one of the five had the better of the years, he was kind of the, the, the bar setter for, for the other guys, you know. So um, it doesn't really necessarily mean every catcher out there, you, you still have parameters that you got to work with it. How long, realistically, does it take guys to get into game shape? What do they really need to be ready for a season? How many games, how many bats, how many days of spring training? I think players are in much better shape in today's uh, era than when we were there. Um, We had many players, uh, I'll I'll name one, Carney Lansford, would literally come to spring training and he would play himself into shape, assuming you you have that six to eight week spring training. Nowadays, I think players are much better. I realistically think that that three-week mark, you know, is is, is a pretty uh, decent number. I think players could get ready for that. Now, you always have to throw the caveat out there is pitching, you know. Yeah. You don't want to have your number one guy go eight innings the first time out. So they have to work uh, game readiness into them. And um, in the past, you know, if, if this uh, lockout goes any extended period of time, 
you might start with extended rosters. You might be able to carry more pitchers than, let's say, normally just to uh, uh, try to prevent uh, using a guy too long and potentially hurting a guy. Terry Steinbach, when you're off season, I, I I was out at your shed. You, you it wasn't a shed. It was it was it was your hitting station. You had a cage and you had a pitching machine, and you could go out there anytime you wanted and hit. Uh, how much did you use that in the off season? And, and is a machine is that really where you get your swing down? Does that do you a lot of good? How how did you use that? Um, when I got into January, you know, even kind of late into December, I would start using it pretty regularly once i hit january i'm probably down there five to six days a week whether it was weightlifting or swinging a little bit and and, and again uh offensively um you just want to get swings you want to build up the uh, the hand strength you want to build up the, the 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 shoulder strength the shoulder repetition it's, it's it's not as much as that you're tracking you know like a pitch machine throws the exact same ball as a pitcher would but if you can get swings and if you can get yourself physically in shape to handle those swings once you stand in live pitching it's going to be much quicker to get ready to get game ready than it is if you did nothing you know if you hit if, if you didn't hit off the tee or didn't hit, hit off a machine or anything i got a personal text here asked here if you ever played against michael jordan do, do, i can't remember you, you were there you played at the same time he did but do, i don't remember spring training etc did you ever play against him we never did i think i think i was up already as he was coming through the uh, minor league system um, so I believe our paths, uh, well, I know our paths did, did not cross. Yeah, you'd remember it if it did. But, you know, how difficult, no matter how athletic you are, uh, you know, you can dunk a basketball, but how difficult is it to teach somebody to hit? I think that's one of the toughest things in sport. I I use Michael Jordan, you know, uh, uh, that example a lot. I mean, here's arguably the best athlete, you know, in that era. I mean, you watch him on the court, run, jump, shoot, you name it. He could do. I mean, he he was it. But you put him on the baseball field, and the guy was a mediocre hitter. You know, yeah. and, and and I think too. It, it. I mean, being the good athlete that he was, if he'd have stuck to it, I mean, legitimately gave it a a year, year and a half, two years. I think you know he probably could have picked up on on, on a lot of that. I'll give another quick story. Bo Jackson, when he when he first got signed, um, he was signed with Kansas City, and we did play against him. Yeah. And the first time we played against him, I mean. He was playing right field. The ball hit shallow. He went to the wall. The ball hit deep. Yeah. He came running in. And he, I mean, he, he was terrible. Yeah, and, you, for, you forget this, this, right? Because they only show the highlights now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was terrible. And literally three three months later, we played him again. It's like, who's this guy? Where did he come from? I mean, he had picked it up so fast and, and, and turned into an all-star. But the, but the hard, you know, shooting, hitting a baseball is a little bit like shooting baskets. You could be a really good shooter in an empty gym. If somebody throws you BP, you know, you, you can you can hit the ball pretty hard maybe if, if you work at it a little bit. But now you get in the box and the count's two and one and there's a guy on second base and you're not sure if you're trying to hit the ball the right. I mean, there's nothing that boggles the mind quicker than an at-bat, is there? Absolutely. And and, and there's, there's no other way to get better as a hitter than to get in games. You know, and that's where, you know, like I said, the Bo Jackson, he was in double A. We, we, we played against him that whole year. He was in double A, and he learned that, that skill. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. There's some people who will never, just can't do that connect. You know, the milliseconds that you have to identify what the pitch is, identify if the ball is right, and then tell yourself whether, whether it's there or not, is something that's very, very difficult to overcome. 
Last question. Take a guy like Royce Lewis. Now, he the last two years he hasn't played any games. He got hurt last year. Of course, he played in the fall league a little bit, and the year before that was COVID, and they just scrimmaged over there. Is that a difficult thing for him to get back on track uh, as long as he's been working on it, or, or is he way behind because of that? I think the biggest thing for Royce is going to be mentally, you know, because physically I'm sure he rehabbed. I'm sure he's probably as strong, if not stronger, than when he was when he got hurt. Um, but you always have that doubt mentally, and you know, am I ready to play? And that's where, uh, you know, in his particular case, a full gamut of spring training games would benefit him to the max, you know, where the Twins can put him in games, you know, they can kind of monitor him, make sure he's physically healthy and doing okay, but even, even mentally, you know, that okay, his first game he goes 0 for 4 or 4 punch outs, you know, it's not like throwing in the towel, you know, you got to keep working with the guy, and, and once he gets some hits, once he gets some consistency going, he's going to build up that confidence and take off. Now with a shortened or a potentially shortened spring training that, you know, might, may or may not happen. Some of the guy, I think that probably gets squeezed the most in that situation. For sure. Hey, Terry, always great to visit with you and catch up to you. I hope you're having a good winter and you're catching a few through the ice. <laughs> we were out last night, caught a couple. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Terry. Talk to you later. You, you bet. Terry Steinbach, one of the great guys to come through this time. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is, because I have this comment every time I have Terry Steinbach on, and every time I have Barry Wolver on, and every time I have Dana Kicker on. I'll explain what that comment is that I always get from people after I have one of those three, and there's there's a handful of others on the air. It's, it's the same comment that I get from people every time. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Welcome back. Taking up to the Timberwolves. 8.30 pregame, 9 o'clock tip-off against the Sacramento Kings, back-to-back. Blake Hoffharbor will join us tonight. Mark Hansen, head coach of Gustavus. Here's what, um, I love having Terry Steinbach on the air. And he knows baseball in a way that uh, very few of us do. Not just because he played in the big leagues, but he played catcher in the big leagues. And then he coached, he was on a staff, so he's seen it from so many different angles. And if you'd have seen him like I did when I was, Terry's a few years older than me, but uh, playing baseball against him at the town team level, when he was a senior in high school, he was like dominating a men's league. Um, I mean, off the charts. He and his brothers, Tim and Tom, I mean, they got, you know, they got it figured out. And um, when he went on, he made it big. He was an all-star MVP, won a world championship, all those things. And the thing that resonates uh, about him, and, and I said this, you know, we had Barry Wolder on the air a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Pete Nigerian knows Barry from his days at the university. Everybody knows Barry Wolder. I mean, he's either played with, played against, coached with, coached against, uh, in high school, college, you name it. Uh, Barry Wolder walks into a gymnasium. It's like the Pied Piper. Everybody, they refereed his game. They did this, they did that. Everybody knows Barry Wolder. And I, and I competed against him when I was in high school as well. He too was older than I, but I, I saw him in high school and he was off the charts, you know. And Dana Kicker, same thing. He was at Fairfax and, and uh, uh, played baseball there and off the charts. And, and every time I have those guys on, the, 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 the Southern mini guys, um, people always have the same comment to me. And the comment is, I love their humility. I love how humble they are. I, I love how accomplished they are. And yet, they don't sit and talk about themselves. I mean, they might tell you what they did to try to get better. They might tell you about the Sandlot games that they played. 
uh, if, if you're talking about Terry Steinbach, he has, he has some great battles with, if you know his brothers Tom and Tim, uh, in the backyard. I mean, literally battles. Uh, but Tom and Tim Steinbach are the same way. They, they've just got a way about them. And, and, and they're not, you know, they're not looking for attention. Uh, they're not looking for that point in the interview where they can inject themselves and say, well, when I won the MVP of this and that game, blah, 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 blah. They're not looking for that. They they just kind of talk the talk and walk the walk. And they don't need to be, you know, they're, they're not going to praise themselves. Um. And look for little pieces, little places that they can go. Okay, then now let me tell you how this works. It's always with a sense of humility, and I always hear that from people, uh, our listeners, our viewers on TV. When, when I have those guys on, they go, "God, they just make it look like they were lucky," and 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 that they just happened to be the right place at the right time. And it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, they had the right demeanor, the right work ethic, the high high compete factor that that very few people do. And then the want to to get through everything that they got through and work their way up and all those things, and it it is just a notable uh, trait that you would like to instill in a lot of people. But and I'm biased to this because I grew up in a small town in southern Minnesota. But I believe the people out there are like that. It's kind of a you know I'm not going to sit here and tell you how great I am. Um, I'll listen to you. Uh, I'm not just going to, this isn't going to be a one-way conversation. This isn't going to be my dissertation on life given orally to you. Uh, I'm going to listen to you. And, and and then we'll talk about, and if you've got questions, and I'll have questions to you and all those things. And it's, it, it's really a refreshing trait that I hadn't really thought about for a long time. And then and then um, I was reminded of it when Terry was on the next day. I used to get that comment about him. And then we had Barry Wilder on a couple weeks ago, and I had a couple people text me. And they go, you know, Barry's just so aw shucks about everything that he's done. And you go, yeah, right, he is. And and he doesn't, it's not that he's not aware of what he's done, it's that he doesn't have to tell you about his accomplishments. He doesn't have to tell you about it. He did what he did, he tries his hardest, and you know, there you go. And it worked out pretty well for him. Now, I know that some of you would like me to comment on um what uh, you know, the what transpired and in, in, in last night on this show and downtown Minneapolis and all those things, you know, and um, I will in the in the seven o'clock hour because there's a lot to talk about and and it's not that I have the answers. It's not that I have the answers to all these things. Uh, I do have a series of questions and observations that I have. And generally speaking, what I do when I have those questions or those observations or those things that I don't quite understand is I take it to the street and I ask the people that know more about it than I do. It's kind of like having Terry Steinbach on because he can tell me why Michael Jordan couldn't hit a fastball or a curveball. I know a little bit about it, but let's not fool you. He knows a lot more about it than I do. And it would be disrespectful of me to talk about it, like I understand it at a level when I can get Terry Steinbach on to tell you what it was like, you know, for what, what, what Michael Jordan probably went through trying to hit a baseball. And, and, and the same is true for what I see in, in downtown Minneapolis. I'm not an expert on it. Um, I, just, I have questions about it. I have concerns about it. 
I have um, a lot of access to people because I leave the buildings frequently. And while I don't live in Minneapolis, I have spent 36 years driving to downtown Minneapolis as of February 1st, starting as an intern at WCCO-TV. Coming to 11th and Nicollet for 36 years when it was Midwest Sports Channel and then over on 2nd and 7th. I'll bring you some of that. Next on WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 